It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Auburn Tigers put together an incredible effort. Full 40 minutes of pressure, full 40 minutes of action, and high levels of execution. I'm Zach Blackerby. He is Daryl Daprich, and this is a special live edition of Locked on Auburn. We react to Auburn's 82-59 to destruction of the Ole Miss Rebels. Daryl, we hinted this could happen. It's nice to see that's exactly what happened in Neville Arena. You know, Auburn's been playing good basketball. They've been beating everybody double digits, but yet there was that unfulfilled taste of, hey, you know, you're up 30. Let's finish a game. Let's blow somebody out. And tonight, listen, this was the most complete game Auburn's played. You hang this in the Louvre. This is a masterpiece. This is a freaking masterpiece. They were up 19 at halftime and extended the lead in the second half. And that's exactly what you want to see. I mean, there just wasn't ever really a moment in this game where Ole Miss looked like they had any sort of positive momentum. I mean, even at the end there when Auburn had the walk-ons and and Ole Miss kept in their starters, like still still Auburn had the momentum and and control of the game. I mean, from start to finish, this was just pure, pure domination by the Auburn Tigers. And we're sensing a theme here. Over the course of these 40 minutes, Different guys stepped up at different moments, Daryl. And that's what makes this team so dangerous. Tonight was very, very balanced. I think one of the things that any championship club or people that aspire to win a championship, secondary scoring is a buzzword you hear a lot about. And I, I think to break this down for what it means to Auburn is most of the time you get two or three guys that you can count on every night that you're leading scores. What you get from the rest of your starters or the top two or three guys off your bench is secondary scoring. Auburn's getting secondary scoring times three. It's unbelievable. The, the depth Crazy. and the balance. I mean, Berman came in and gave good minutes. And look, a, a guy like Denver Jones who hits who gets five points, how awesome is it that he is used to being a clutch leading yeah. scorer and says, you know, I'm not really scoring a lot, but I'm going to D you up so that you don't either. Every team that wins championship has guys like that. And so, again, there are so many key indicators as to why I think this team is special and elite. Body language, things that we talked about that we'll talk about later that we saw at the end of the game uh, when the, when the uh, you know, the walk-ons were in. Yeah. I just think that, again, this was the kind of performance that you're really hoping to see and, it, and Auburn delivered the best and most complete game of the year. I don't know how you don't rank Auburn as a top 10 team now. I mean, they've got the analytics that say that they're good. They've got the resume now that say that they're good. They knocked Ole Miss out of the top 25 in assistance with LSU, a team that you beat um, w- w- with LSU beating Ole Miss earlier in the week. But just the eye test of this team is like, what else do you want? Mm-hmm. What else do you want from a college basketball team right now? I mean, there are not 10 teams better than Auburn. And to be frank, I don't think there's five teams better than Auburn right now. A lot of times you look at a team's record and maybe they've played a really tough schedule and they're at this point of the year, 13 and five. And you go, how are they ranked in the top 10? And people say it's the eye test, the eyeball test. Auburn checks both boxes. There's an eyeball test. What else do you want? Right. And then they're what? 15 and two right now. Um, so, again, you, you like you take a team like – this is what's 
perplexing to me when you talk about teams that are ranked ahead of them. I don't understand how, like, sometimes the the voters think, other than we know that they don't watch games, they just look at certain things and vote. But a team like Tennessee, who I think is really good, you sure. know, absolutely boat raced Alabama today. They're thirteen and five or fourteen and five, whatever they, they do are today. Daryl, they boat they boat raced. They 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 America's Cupped Alabama. Oh, so wow. so, but again, they're thirteen and five. They have a conference loss. Auburn's fifteen and two and has no conference losses, and yet Auburn was like seven spots behind them. I, I don't, I, I don't understand the thinking. Just, but I, you know, I at the end of the day, it. the end of the day, net matters and and all that kind. Of, people still believe. But now that was before this performance, where I saw people saying they still felt like Tennessee, the pundit saying Tennessee was the best team in the SEC. If you come away saying that after this performance. You are Stevie freaking wonder, and you're blind sure. as crap. I, I, I don't get how you could even say that. This was, again, probably one of the best performances of the day by any team. Any team. Yeah, and I think it's Auburn's best performance of the season. Maybe maybe, maybe not better than Arkansas to start conference play, and that seems like forever ago, but like that was incredible, them going but you to consider, and doing that. Yeah, yeah that, that's true. You consider two factors in that, where it was – but you also have to consider that Arkansas is just dog water right now. They are not playing well. And Ole we didn't Miss really is know that at the team. time, though. True, right? true. And so true. it's still the statement was still yeah. there. And like Ole Miss may not be that good, right? Like that, that's a real chance that Ole Miss really isn't that good. I think that's just as real. I think at the end of the year, there's a better chance of Arkansas being able to make a run in postseason than Ole Miss. Wouldn't you agree with that? I agree 100% because before conference play started, you and I were singing the tune of, are they fool's gold? Are they paper champions? Let's wait and see when they play somebody what happens. And now they get in conference and they've lost three games already. Right. So, right. But and, you and, and still, but Auburn beat by, thir- by 23 or 24, though, is still a statement, right? I mean, a, a team like that right. that's mid, maybe, or whatever, that's how they did it matters. How they yeah. did it matters. All right. Let's shout out the man who started all of this, Daryl. Weeks ago, weeks ago on this very broadcast, we asked what would Auburn's record be over the first five SEC games? And our guy, Ernest, what is happening behind you? Are you getting arrested right now? I don't know. What... Are you okay? Is everybody good? I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, I, somebody's, I mean, I, somebody just flashed a light in my front yard. <laughs> Cool. I, that was. Right, I turned to, around to make sure it wasn't the cops, and yeah, yeah. it wasn't. But. Yeah, if you need to take care of anything, let me know. No. Um, Ernest said we would go six and zero over five games. Maybe he said seven zero. Regardless, obviously Auburn went five and zero in conference play, but oh my goodness, it feels like so much more than that. So props to you, Ernest. You called it. Ernest was like prophetic. He needs to get a one nine hundred number. I mean, he really was a fortune teller. Going, hey. This is what Auburn's going to do. And I think that, you know, again, I go back to not what not only what they did, it's how they've done it. And these these games that Auburn is five and zero in the conference, you know, they haven't there hasn't been one game where they've won single digits, correct? It's they've all been double digit victories. Yeah. That's the closest is AM at eleven. Yeah. And that game was close, you know, under two minutes. It was a four point game. So Auburn stretched that out. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, drop in the live chat what you think just happened in Daryl's front yard. I'd be interested. In the I, I'll be honest with you. Sure. It looked it looked blue over my shoulder like it was blue I, light. I thought it was a cop car yeah. for a second. I'm like, <laughs> then what's I about to happen? I turned around and it was a white light, someone flashing it in my front yard in my window. So when we get done with this podcast, I'm going to find out who it is. And it, you may be bailing me out of jail. Uh, that's fine. Hunter yeah. says, uh, Dap fought the law and the law lost. So we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. leave it at that. Um, Jalen Williams, man, continues to do it. Continues to do it. And, you know, I don't think he's going to be in the running for SEC player of the of the year. We talked about that a little bit last show because he's just not shooting enough still. But five of seven or 13 points uh, in 22 minutes, plus minus of 16. Like this, dude, I mean, it's just... It's just as steady as it gets, man. I'm glad you're giving me an opportunity. I, I, I put something out on X earlier in the day because everyone loves this Connect kid from uh, Tennessee, you know, and they're right. talking about him being the SEC player of the year. So let's let's just talk about that for a second. The kid had 25 points against Alabama, but he shot it 20 times. And see, I think that matters. Offensive efficiency matters. Jay Will had 13 points on five of seven shooting. Project his numbers shooting it three times as much. And well, what I get happened? it. I get the value and the efficiency of it, yeah. but that's not that's not efficiency doesn't win you accolades. Sadly. It did with Herb Jones, is the only reason why. And I, and I made that comparison last postcast. I mean, th sure. there was a precedent set when they gave it to Herb Jones because the season Alabama had and they realized how important and how, how valuable he was even when other dudes were lighting up the scoreboard. So who knows? I just would tell you, Connect's a great player. I, I get it. But there's an overemphasis and an overvalue that people need to break down certain stats and understand when you shoot it 20 times, that matters. It matters. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Jani Broom, 13 points as well. Dylan Cardwell with 12. Dylan, 5 of 6 from the floor. Very efficient night from Dylan as well. And it's just... You know, we'll drop our uh, player of the game question in a second. Don't do it yet. But this is probably going to be the most difficult one to to highlight a player of the game because you can make the argument for Jalen, as you can every game. You can make the case for Janai. You can certainly make the case for Dylan Cardwell. Honestly, dude, like there were times where I felt like KD Johnson was the most explosive player yeah. on the floor. And like, yeah, he only had eight and he was not an efficient. I mean, he, he was three of eight from the floor. But as far as just value and impact on the game, man, like I just felt like he had a really, really solid night too. Plus minus of 11 and 19 minutes. So, I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, this was a true team effort. It was uh, the Katie Johnson uh, point that she makes an excellent one because he was a tide turner. You know, I mean, he really came in and and just took the the absolute momentum and, and took kind of what I felt like the wind out of Ole Miss's sails, right? I mean, just flipped the game, the script. I mean, if there was any hope at all that Ole Miss was going to make a run and get that game manageable, he he stole their hope. And that's mm -hmm. a great – when you come off the bench and you can do that, that is the number one attribute of a bench player. So, yeah, he could have been easily – you know, he didn't sustain it. I get that. But yeah. still, during that spurt, during that run, he basically ended the game. Right. I mean, that's, you know, and so that's important. I want to eat a little crow, if you don't mind. Is that sure. okay? Yeah. Is that okay? Lior Berman. We spent mm -hmm. probably three, four, maybe five minutes last postcast 
questioning the usage of Leor Berman. And in his few minutes that he played tonight, how many minutes did he play tonight? 10 minutes. Um, he made those minutes count. On both sides of the floor, the effort was tremendous. So, Leor Berman, I apologize. I apologize for my comments that we made a few days ago. Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, I have to eat crow. I've got to be transparent. I've got to be honest. I was a little bit hard on him. Couldn't couldn't see the value in his minutes and the value in his playing time. And he and, and he absolutely, you know, flipped the script on that tonight. Hit hit a couple big hit hit a big three. Got some played Flanagan really tough defensively in a couple of of stretches yeah. down the floor. Had him made him turn it over a little bit. Uh, so he gave good quality minutes, and he was efficient. It was productive and, you know, hit a three, a wide open three, missed the second one. But his minutes tonight were definitely earned and um, absolutely warranted. Let's put it that way. Man, when you look at Flanagan's stat line, Alan Flanagan, which it seemed like the Auburn fan base treated him correctly, right? Like you cheer for him beforehand, you get after him during it, then you treat him respectfully afterwards. Um 10 points on three of 10 shooting. And that just kind of feels like his stat line when he was here, despite him it, averaging, like I think he's averaging did. like 15 or 16, uh, a game going into this. So, I mean, I, I think that was, I think that was pretty interesting. The fact that nobody's really been able to shut them down like this. He, Cause they made such a big point of it early in the broadcast where they were the only team in the conference that had three different players averaging uh, more than 14 points a game. And he was the only one who made it to double figures, and he only got 10. So, I mean, that was just tremendous effort on the defensive side of things. You could tell he was pressed a little bit, too. There's no doubt that Alan Flanagan was pressed. How pressing. could he not be, right? How could you not be? And, you know, yeah. it was – it was. you could tell he was forcing some things. And I'll say this, you know, full disclosure, watching him play against Auburn, he looks like a, a different player or a more improved player than he was last year. Agreed. So – and I, and I guess the police are back over my shoulder too. I, I don't know what in the crap's going on. Did the lights come back? I was looking at the yeah, box score. Yeah, they came back. So I don't know what's. I don't know if you really out. don't know what's going on. I have no idea. I just know that's my front yard over my left shoulder. There's some intrigue with this. This is fun. People got more than they bargained for. That's my front yard, and then mm -hmm. there's the fence. There right it is there. again. So maybe on the street in front of me, someone got pulled over or something. It's possible. My street goes. My street goes right there. It runs along th this where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you don't have neighbors like right across the street from you, do you? No, I don't. I don't. Mm. But that road right there, people speed on a lot. And I, the dogs are barking. It's got to be a know. UFO. The live chat agrees. It's got to be a UFO at this point. It could be. I'm getting a little nervous. I mean, I don't know. It's, whatever happened the first time, somebody shot shot a light right into my this window. <laughs> This bedroom. Say there it is. It's so bright. I swear to God, when I get off this pod, I, we should leave. We should leave it running. We should leave it running because for the viewers, it's going to be entertaining. If I get off this pod, oh my goodness, someone's in my yard. They're going to get a two for one. I'm going to do uh, to them what Auburn did to Ole Miss. Dang! How about that? How yeah. about that? All right, everybody drop in the live chat your player of the game. Let's have this conversation now because I think it's going to be a little bit of a debate. I just yeah. do. I just do. So we will uh, we'll touch on that in just a moment right here on this live edition 
of Locked on Auburn. Today's show, today's live show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. It's the best way to wager on all of your sports action. Not going to lie, I had Houston money line. That did not work out for the NFL playoffs today. Just didn't. Sorry if you listened to me earlier in the week. But obviously, uh, playoffs, we're in the thick of it, as well as college basketball. Get in on the action right now. Right now, new customers with FanDuel, they can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The, the app is easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live, uh, live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. A ton of ways to play using FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL and the Locked On podcast network getting a lot of Lior Berman for player of the game. I don't know. If, yeah. I don't know if I'm buying that. I think it's Dylan Cardwell. Me too. I think Me Dylan you, Cardwell yeah. is my vote. I don't think there's been a time this year. It's so funny that me and you have had a different one. If whether I've gone first or you've gone first, we've been on the same page. Mine's Cardwell too. Ended up with 12 points in a lot less minutes than Broom and Williams. Coming mm-hmm. off the bench was great from the free throw line, man. Give him what a great attribute to how he worked on his game in the off season to hit free throws too. He's just a different player, man. Different player, and he does more than just dunk. Now he's got that little four foot runner that he can hit. He he defends. He rebounds. He's uh, so good at setting a screen at the top of the key and just finding a way to be all alone under the basket. He's so good at that. And we saw that little pick and roll thing. Yeah. Where he rolls off that screen and there's a science to that, to make sure you don't throw your hip out or throw a knee out and get called for a illegal screen or an offensive foul. He really has a knack for setting the screen that nobody's fighting through. Let's be honest. And then rolling off that to the basket. Excellent observation. Right. Yeah, I'm looking at Dylan's number. Uh, so he played 18 minutes tonight, and that's with walk-ons playing that last minute, right? So that that impacts that a little bit. And he's averaging 15.2 minutes a game. So playing a little bit more than his season average tonight. I wonder how much of that had to do with flow of the game and how impactful he was or if that was part of the game plan or or what. Because normally we see we see it closer to like a 25-15 split. Uh, 25 minutes to 15 minutes, Janai Broom to Dylan Cardwell. So I wonder if that was just flow of the game and going with a hot hand or if that was part of the game plan. I, I don't know. I think it's rewarding minutes when you've earned it. I love that. You better do that as a head coach. If you put a kid in off the bench and he has given you quality minutes and, like you said, has a hot hand and is contributing and his points, he's got like, you know, a point per minute, those type of those kind of stats and analytics, you, you give him more minutes. You have to feed him. Yeah. You have to reward him because then, it becomes demoralizing, I, you know, and, and if there's anybody that earned the benefit of the doubt this year with this leadership and buying in and being team first, it's Dylan Cardwell. Yeah, sure. So give him some minutes. Let him eat. Yeah. Several people in the live chat commenting on Chad Baker Mazzara, or as my mother calls him, Chad Bacon Lasagna. Don't hate it. There's something <laughs> there. Let us know in the live chat your thoughts on that. That's um, pretty I think good. my mom's in the live chat too, so. Um, I want to give a shout out to two guys that told me they were going to be in it. Long time, lifelong friends of mine, Kelly and Tim. Thank you for joining tonight. So I'm glad they're in as well. Sweet. Love Kelly. Love Tim. They're the best. Yeah. Chad, uh, Chad Baker Mazar or Chad Bacon lasagna, uh, just 14 minutes. He he doesn't seem to be popping as much offensively as he was a few weeks ago. Right. But, but also he's not taking as many shots either. I mean, he only took two shots tonight. 
he made both of them. One was a three. Like he's not doing anything crazy. Uh, I, I wonder if he's been asked to do that or if he just hasn't felt comfortable, you know, and gotten open looks. I, I don't know. But yeah, the minutes dropping there are a little interesting. And they are. And, and it's a little bit, I want to just say a tad concerning to me because he was coming into his own just 10 days ago as a viable, true six man of the year coming off the bench guy that was giving you 14, 15 a game. And and seeing that was taking Auburn to a completely different level. He's yeah. leveled out some minutes wise and scoring wise. And I hope that he hasn't hit some sort of wall. But again, with the way Auburn plays so many people, you'll keep legs fresh. Yeah, but it's it's not like he's gone cold and he's shooting two of seven or anything like that. He made every shot he took tonight. He's just not really taking as many shots. His season average is 20 minutes a night, and he played 14 tonight. So I'd like I think to that's see something more to, minutes, yeah. I think that's something worth monitoring for sure. Um, but with the way they're playing right now, I mean, I have a hard time questioning the rotation. Right. <laughs> you yeah, know what you I mean? Know. You just beat somebody's eyes out by 23. That's a ranked team. You really don't. Yeah. You just go with what is working right now and do not screw it up. Yep. Yep. All right. Drop your, uh, your questions or takes, um, in the live chat. We'll, uh, we'll address a few of those. Let's play our favorite game. What's Auburn's record over their next five games, Daryl? And this is a this is a tough one. This is a tough it's about to get stretch. real. It's about to get real for Auburn. Now, let me tell you before we play what Auburn just did in this first five, first five games is so crucial if you want to win a conference title. Is because they banked wins. They banked mm-hmm. them where you needed to get them early in the year. If you go through a little tough stretch or whatever. They've banked some wins, so this sure. is very, very important. But now it's about to get real, in my opinion. Yep, yep. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that you're going on the road. And can mm-hmm. you beat teams twice? Because the way this schedule is made, it doesn't fully make a lot of sense to me. Because you play Ole Miss, you played them tonight, and then you play them again on February 3rd. Like, Why are we doing that? And you play Vandy in a few weeks, too. It's odd. So you go to Alabama. On Wednesday, you go to Mississippi State a week from today on Saturday. It's an afternoon game. You host Vanderbilt after just beating Vandy like a few days ago. You go to Ole Miss on February 3rd, despite just playing them. And then you play Alabama again, despite playing them this week, uh, another Wednesday. And they've done this a few times where the Iron Bowl basketball matchup is not on weekends, which is so dumb. What are they doing? Like, who made this schedule and why does that make sense? But whatever. So your next five uh, include Alabama at home and on the road, Mississippi State on the road, Vandy at home and Ole Miss. um, Ole Miss on the road. So I'm going to say what I've been saying. I'm going to say four and one. Me too. I really would have said three and two before tonight, but I think Auburn is putting stuff together, playing at a really high level. Things are clicking, and I'm just, I can't doubt this team and the way they look tonight. Now, it's going to get a lot harder, and I get it. And I think people need to understand that it may look a lot different. This four and one over the next five games may include some nail biters, some sweaty ones, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we need need a nail biter. At the end of the day, I just think this team is really, really good and will find a way 
to win four games out of the next five. But even if they were to go three and two, I think this conference, the way it is, you know, Tennessee could drop a couple more, Kentucky. So I, I think that they're in a good spot, let's put it that way, because of the winning their first five. I mean, you come out of the first 10 games of your SEC play at eight and two, you really don't have too much to complain about, right? I mean, that's oh, pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. And I if Auburn goes three and two in this next five, that's exactly what will happen for perspective. Yeah, and, and I don't think they will go three and two. I think they'll go four and one um, or better or better. I actually would say it's more likely they go five and oh than it is they go three and two, Daryl. You're a believer. You're booging. I love it. You are starting to go to uh, come to the other side, my friend. And it took me a while. I, I think I was more skeptical of this team than you were. Yeah, I, I I felt like after the Indiana game and some of these games, people were like, ah, that, don't, that, that was game, a turning that, point for you. For me, it was. And how they won that game, that second wave, I was like, wow. When yeah. we get into conference play, me and you asked the question, is this sustainable, this kind of depth to make these kind of runs? when they get into conference play. And I felt like it would because the in conference play, teams typically shorten their bench and don't play as many dudes. And so Auburn's going to be facing some weary-legged people. It's exactly what's happened. Now, strangely, Auburn's kind of like the last three or four minutes of these games, other than tonight in A&M, has let teams get back in it. But I think that's more of you know, concentration and focus than it is fatigue. Yeah, yeah, to me, I think the turning point for me mentally was that Vanderbilt game, especially seeing just like historically, that's just kind of been a tough place for us. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And and this team doesn't care. This team doesn't care about anything other than this year. And that's powerful. I mean, especially with the emotions of college athletics and the emotions of of college basketball. And they just go up there and they don't they don't care where they're playing. The fact that they've won all of their opportunities in conference play on the road after losing on the road to App State in non-conference play, that loss, I think, taught us so much about this team. And I think they were able to really rationalize that internally. So, yeah, I mean, really, really last postcast, when we were recapping the win against Vandy, I think something kind of flipped in my noggin, Daryl. So, yeah, I mean, I think this team can do whatever they want to do. It's like, seriously, this is this is a great team. I am curious about how they stack up in the conference. You know, Kentucky got um, that massive post player, Big Z. I, I forgot. I don't know his full name, but they call him Big Z. He finally was deemed eligible. So, like, how does that impact the rest of conference play? Alabama's really talented. I'm, I'm surprised that, you know, they lost today and all that, but I think they're still pretty good. So, what is what does that look like? But I mean, Auburn's clearly in the top three in the SEC right now. And probably, I mean, I think they are the best team in the SEC right now. The standings reflect that. But we're going to learn a lot over these next five games for sure. They are right now. And, of course, that could change. And we try to take this same sure. evaluation three weeks from now. I think Kentucky getting the Lithuanian guy back, the big the big Z dude, is, is important. And I think he gives them a lot of scoring. It's going to be tough. You know, from a front court standpoint, I think Alabama is very talented, but I don't think they defend. They don't guard. You, if you get in their stuff a little bit, and you're hitting shots, Alabama, you, you can you can basically out you know get in a shootout with them, get it into the 90s and win that game because of the way they defend. 
Now, if you're missing shots, completely different story. Uh, Tennessee looks like a very, very complete, deep basketball team to me as well. Vescovy got in foul trouble early on in this game, and they still got a big lead uh, and, and won the game against Alabama. So I think those are your top four and then everybody else. And I think within that four, there's a hierarchy of three probably with Kentucky, Auburn, and Tennessee. Uh, Auburn plays Kentucky at Neville and Tennessee on the road. So it's going to be uh, – man, it's going to be We just- haven't really struggled. In Knoxville, though, like we've won we've some done, big games there. Yeah, yeah, we've done fairly well there, and I'm sure that game means something to Bruce, right? But one of the best victories that Auburn's had in the Bruce Pearl era was the 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 uh, right before COVID victory in Knoxville in 2020 when Auburn won by like 16 and Dowdy went off. That was a that was a complete yeah. basketball game, and then it was a shame that the season shut down, shut down because they were hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, no, that was um, that was brutal. Absolutely. Auburn dropping in Ken Palm. They are now fifth in Ken Palm. Tennessee's performance today hopped them to four, and then Auburn slid down to five. So your top five in Ken Palm are Houston, Purdue, Arizona, Tennessee, and Auburn, with the next SEC team being Alabama at eight, and then Kentucky at 16. I don't know. I don't know what else Auburn could have done to drop in Kempom. And I will say Arizona sure didn't impress anybody today with the way they played against UCLA. So how did they go up a spot? I don't know. I can't figure this Kempom stuff out. It makes no sense. It's all about efficiency. Uh, it's all about well, efficiency on yeah, offense. I get and defense, it. So well, I mean, how yeah. how more efficient can you be than shooting it at sixty two percent and you know hitting all your threes? I mean, I don't. I don't know. It's just and beating somebody twenty three. It's just. I'm with you. It's like the college football committee came up with Ken Palm. Well, it's just sometimes Ken Palm means everything, and then sometimes it doesn't. And it, that yeah. that's I'm fine if we want to go by it, but it's like okay, well, why is Auburn not a top ten team if that's the case? Yeah, but, yeah, because if you go by Ken Palm, Auburn should be fifth in the country, right? When the poll comes right, out. which was the main I think argument into why the top folks. 10, did, well, I mean, that's why folks didn't want to vote Auburn at one. You know, the the year we were number one is because we were like seventh in Ken Palm. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, if you're just going to vote like Ken Palm, then why do you have a vote? <laughs> so, exactly. Whatever. Whatever. Um, I still think Katie Johnson's play tonight is extremely underrated. I mean, just the spark plug. I mean, the engine. Like, he, he just continues to find... And it's not that Auburn really needed a bucket, but he was the one who stepped up and was eager to get it in that first half when we really had a chance to kind of create a lead and get some some momentum. And, you know, he and Dylan are so good at making a play and then when they're in Neville Arena, using the home floor to, like, continue to kind of build that energy and let it swell. And, I, I mean, I think it, I mean, over the course of 40 minutes, combined with the depth, that light looked like a flashlight there. It looks like a flashlight now. Yeah, I if if by some chance I just get swept away. Is it your son like messing with you? I don't know who it is. <laughs> but anyway. I just was not expecting that. But yeah, props to KD and Dylan once again. Just the energy and coming off the bench—it's so, it's so, so valuable. 
<sighs> Any more theories on what's happening in uh, Dap's front yard before we uh, before we wrap? I hope it's not like a burglar or something or somebody trying to break in. I mean, I think How my family. Happy, they're like, oh, he's live. Yeah. He can't leave that room. Maybe now. I mean, I hope my to... family wouldn't be stupid enough to try to be funny and do something like that while I'm recording a live show <laughs> because that it looked like a light though. It looked like a, a miner's helmet. Like when I look back that second time, it looked like a miner's helmet. It looked like more some, like a flashlight than yeah. There could be some freaking maniac serial killer in my front yard right now. And, and how dedicated am I? No, we're going to finish this show and talk Auburn basketball while <laughs> half of my family is probably getting dragged out the front door. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Auburn just destroyed Ole Miss. I'm going to talk serial about this killer. First. Give me a Tumka few minutes. Alab yeah, serial killer, and with Tumka, Alabama gets, <laughs> and I'm like, 23 point win. Let's go. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, that's so funny. <sighs> Unless that actually happens, then it wouldn't be funny. No, no, I wouldn't. Shouldn't even be joking about that. But <laughs> that's probably true. You're if it's not, there's going to be a murder joking. one way or the other. Let's put it that way. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> if I get beamed up, Scotty, love y'all. It's all nice. good. There yeah. we go. There we go. What did you think about the game plan involving Flanagan as far as putting Lior on him? Is that something we need to look at moving forward when there's solid opposing threes or small forwards? Like, will Lior play more minutes in that situation, you think? I think it might be born from something they saw in practice last year. They, they you know, know better than anybody else, they, right? And maybe when they went, you know, ones on twos, for whatever reason, Lior Berman gave Flanagan fits, you know, and they saw that in practice and said, let's see if that works tonight. It could be because there's no rhyme or reason to put Lior Berman, who gets six minutes a game on their one of their leading scores. Um, I would have thought KD, when he came in the game, would have been a little better Same. as far as getting in his head. Just leave it at that. Yeah. And then – um you know, Denver Jones is Auburn's best defender, but there must have been something in practice that they saw that Leor Berman gave Flanagan fits. Maybe he got frustrated at him. And so uh, they decided to use that, you know, come come tonight. Yeah. And Chad Baker Mazar was on him too. And um, I don't know. I think he did a pretty good job. As well. So, I mean, the fact that they limited him to because you know he wanted to have a good night. And in fact, I was talking with Brad Law on Village Vice, the show that went up yesterday. He he thinks that he was going to score more because it was going to be a big part of the game plan. And that obviously just didn't happen. So I'm just I'm just surprised nobody on Ole because Ole Miss is a like a good offense. I think their defense stinks, but they're off, they've been able to score on anybody. And they just couldn't find anybody to score consistently. Uh, like Breakfield was three of ten, Flanagan was three of ten, Morell was three of eight. Like nobody, nobody did anything for them offensively. And that's just a testament either to game plan or execution by this defensive play. I mean, props to Auburn. Seriously, just kind of finding different ways to beat you. Yeah, again, the balance there tonight was as good as it's ever been when you look up and down the scoring sheet. Yeah. Yep. No question about it. No question about it. Daryl, how can people check out everything you've got going on? Uh, Crimescene.com. 
after tonight uh, with Tumka City Jail. No, uh, you can follow me on XDAP6410, Monday mornings and Tuesday afternoons on the Auburn Network, and then you and I, Friday mornings, I'm locked on Auburn, and then whenever the next basketball game is, the Alabama game Wednesday night, we will be live. Hopefully. So I asked uh, I asked in the chat, who's in Daryl's front yard? Wrong answers only. Got several Lane Kiffins. Several people said Lane Kiffin, which <laughs> is funny. Yeah, that's um, a good one. We got a few Charlie Fives in there. Um, Ob LM says Brian Harson. Hmm. My mom said Charlie great, Five for what that's worth. Those are some great, yeah, those are some great guesses. Yeah, it's funny. Steven Willis that's, in there? Nobody said Willis. That's shocking because that's who I think it is. That's who you think it is. <laughs> I think he drove over. Yeah. This. Yeah. They're a little upset yep. that Auburn put it on him. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Charlie Five and Jake Crane fighting in Dapp's front yard. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's a good one. That's I, hilarious. Yeah, will, that, that's where the, the way, debate is. Tune in Wednesday because I will reveal reveal what it was. I will let you guys know Wednesday what it was. Yeah. If I find out. All right, please like this live stream. Please subscribe to the channel. Thank you guys so much. You can find all of our written work at auburndaily.com, and we will see you on Monday. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.